bringing you key insights, tips, and advice from the brightest minds in the Canadian franchise industry. This is the Franchise Canada Chats podcast. I'm Travis Tenning. And I'm Patrick Wayness with Franchise Growth Lab. Your guest hosts for season six of the Franchise Canada Chats podcast, where we take you into the world of franchising. Our interviews are with franchisees, franchisors, and industry leaders who give you on-point expert advice and share their franchising insights and experiences. We all know how important and unique the franchisee-franchisor relationship is, so for today's bonus episode of Franchise Canada Chats, we brought together Frank Zaid of Frank Zaid Franchise Legal Support Services, Brian Leon, CEO of Choice Hotels Canada, and myself, Patrick Wynas, VP of Operations for Franchise Growth Lab. So, so Travis, some pretty amazing guests here. Well, two amazing guests plus you. Mm. Oh, I'm joking, Patrick. No, folks, we have three people on this call with Frank, Brian, and Patrick, who, you know, together have about 75, maybe 80 years of franchising experience. And they are all very, very passionate about maintaining the franchisee franchisor relationship. In today's interview, we actually dive deep into franchise advisory councils. What are they, how to form them effectively, and how to use them to continually maintain the franchisee-franchisor relationship and strengthen your brand. Absolutely. So all about communications. So enjoy this member-only bonus episode. Welcome, everybody, to this edition of Franchise Canada Chats podcast. Today, our guests are going to be speaking about how franchise systems get great results from establishing franchise or advisory boards, or FABs, and franchisee advisory councils, or FACs. Sorry about that. Let's dive right in. We got a, we got a great panel, a great experienced panel of, of people who have a lot of experience in this. I'd like to introduce you to, and guys, if you can just give a quick wave, and then we'll go around the horn for an introduction. But I'd like to introduce you to Brian Leon, CEO of Choice Hotels, Frank Zaid of Fran Legal Support Services, and Patrick Wyness of Franchise Growth Lab. Brian, why don't we start with you real quick? Why don't you just give a, a very fast introduction to yourself and what your experience is with FACs and Franchise Advisory Boards? Sure. Well, thank you, Travis, and great to be here with with you and uh, you know with Patrick and uh, and with Frank. So, but very pleased to be talking about this topic. It's one that has some particular significance for our company. So, a little bit of a background uh, on on our company, Choice Canada. Uh, we have over three hundred and thirty hotels across Canada. Uh, we're one hundred percent franchised uh, by Hotel Count. We're the largest hotel franchisor in Canada, and part of Choice uh, Hotels International, with, which has over 7,000 hotels uh, globally, one of the largest uh, global hotel chains. So I've, I've been with Choice for about 15 years. Uh, prior to that, worked in uh, franchise food service companies and, and spent a number of years in the board of directors of the Canadian Franchise Association. So so very familiar with the CFA as, as well. And, and a little bit of uh, a little bit of trivia that I'll start with that relates specifically <laughs> to our topic today. I first met Frank uh, Zaid back in, you'll remember this Frank, 1983, uh, when I was a student in the business school at Western University. And Frank was a, a young, still is a very young lawyer, but a, a, young, a young lawyer specializing, one of the few uh, specializing in 
franchise law. And I was doing a research paper on, of all things, franchise associations. And Frank was a huge help with my paper. Uh, and here we are 37 or 38 years later, or whatever it is, talking about the same thing. So, uh, and, and I'm just, I'm a big believer in the value that uh, effective you know, franchisee associations or franchisee advisory councils uh, can play in franchise systems like ours. So happy to offer some comments about it in the context of our company uh, in, in the important role that it plays. Perfect. Yeah, that's, uh, and, and I mean, I know you, uh, the, the three of us anyway have, have had multiple conversations on this topic. And I, I, every time that I speak to you guys on this, I, I, I learn a lot. And Patrick, I, I think they got us beat. We've only known each other for, for, for 15 years. So, so they, they win there, but, uh, but Patrick, why don't you just give a, a, again, a quick background for the, for the audience and, and your experience with uh, franchise advisory councils. Absolutely. Thanks Travis. And thanks to the rest of the panel for, uh, for being here. My background, so I've spent the last 20 years in franchising uh, to two bigger Canadian systems, so both with 1-800-GOT-JUNK and, and Nurse Next Door, um, mostly on the operations team, but also had a stint as a franchise partner with 1-800-GOT-JUNK as well. And, you know, the, the big topic today, the, the, the Franchise or Advisory Board and the Franchise Advisory Council, you know, on the council side, I've had a lot of experience from the franchise or point of view being a co-chair and, and being part of part of all of the meetings and and over the last two years with the franchise growth lab been working with a lot of emerging brands in getting franchise advisory councils set up so talking about you know the the, the timing and the structure and 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 making sure that they're effectively used so so a little bit of experience there and, and happy to share what i've learned Excellent. And actually, Patrick and I have have sat on the on the same councils. And again, I can I can say from a, a franchisee franchisor relationship perspective is there 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 really isn't a, more of an important framework than maybe establishing this when you get to a certain part in your brand. Now, Frank, o- over to you. Quick, uh, you know, a quick background on and and your experience and then don't. Uh, uh, don't go too far and take a, take a quick sip of water because I'm actually going to come right back to you after you do your intro with uh, uh, to help me set the framework for this. Sure. Thank you. Uh, thanks very much for the invitation to participate in this program. It's something that I uh, have a considerable experience in and uh, always motivated to try to get the message out to uh, franchisors and franchisees about the importance of FABs and FACs. I think a lot of people know that I have been in franchising for over 45 years, I'm probably the longest standing member of the CFA, but I still feel quite young and like to give back to the community. I, I uh, started out as a young lawyer, the major law firm in Canada and got into franchising by accident uh, because of two companies that were referred to us from the United States and nobody knew anything about franchising other than they thought it was hockey teams and gas distribution companies. So um, I, through that experience, I got to be uh, very interested in dealing with entrepreneurs who started franchise companies. And I spent 40 years in law practice as one of three lawyers at the time in the country doing franchising and uh, developed a very vibrant practice in the firm. I retired about 10 years ago. In my practice, I had worked with 400 plus franchise systems. And even though lawyers don't get involved very much in business, but with that, that uh, kind of experience, I really got to know a lot about franchise operations. And near uh, the end of uh, my, uh, when I was retiring, um, I got trained as a mediator and arbitrator 
And I've been doing that for over 10 years, mediating and arbitrating franchise disputes. I've also appeared as, a num- as an expert witness in franchise disputes on a number of occasions. But the thing that I really do enjoy the most is serving on franchise or advisory boards. I don't serve on any franchise franchisee uh, councils, but uh, I have been involved with Brian for 25, what, before Brian became um, came to Choice, I got involved in the Board of Directors of Choice Hotels 25 years plus ago when it was formed. And that is an advisory board to the company and to management. It's, a, as we say, an FAB. I've also been on uh, several other prominent franchise advisory boards and always are look, and looking for opportunities to continue to do that. Um, and as part of my law practice and just general information, I have seen and been involved in franchise advisory councils, and I've seen probably and read about the best and the worst of uh, how they can operate. So uh, I'm delighted to be able to uh, share some of my experience with uh, the people tuning in and uh, always learn from the other panelists. Right. And yeah, like I said, take a take a quick sip of water here because I'm going to I'm going to come right back to you. But I I now have my you, with you being the, uh, the the one of the longest serving members at, you know, 40 some odd years on the, or have 45 years in in franchising. My my own trivia nugget for people is Frank actually joined the CFA at seven years old. So <laughs> <laughs> no, in, in all seriousness, again, to the to the franchisors that are that are listening to this. Uh, I don't want to date us all here, but just by my basic math, there there is darn near uh, you know between eighty and eighty and ninety years of franchising experience on this call, and you know, and Frank talked about you know being an expert witness in different franchisee franchisor uh, disputes. One of the points of uh, you know uh, of this podcast or of this episode itself is you know we we want to help you avoid any any of those disputes but okay frank real quick back back to you in order to just set the framework for our discussion today there is a little bit of confusion in the franchise community uh, about the different councils boards associations etc um with franchisors and franchisees you know in, in quick synopsis can you define each of these in sort of their terms and uh, you know, what your experience, you know, the names, what their function is, and then we'll dive into really what we're going to be focusing on today. Sure, there is a great deal of confusion because they're not legal terms, they're business terms, and different companies give these sanities different names. But, and there's a lot of confusion, and I get confused all the time. And I know all four of us uh, have different names that we associate with the entities. I think the easiest way to try to separate what we're talking about is to talk about entities that are of service to the franchisor only, entities that are of service to franchisees with franchisor participation. And then the third one, I'll say entities that only service franchisees. I'll just mention what that is, but that's not something we're going to talk about today. So when we talk about the entities that service the franchisor, the common terms are franchisor advisory boards or boards of directors. Uh, as as uh, Brian mentioned, I've uh, been involved with Choice, or I should mention for uh, t- 25 years, but they have a formal board of directors in the legal sense, right. which is unique to that organization. But more, m- most franchisors that establish advisory boards 
do it as a matter of contract. They select different people of different backgrounds that can advise the franchisor on a going forward basis. Could be lawyers, could be accountants, could be people like uh, Patrick who have had experience with other, other franchisors. The key thing though, is that the composition of those advisory boards should not be your best friends unless they have the experience that you need. They should be people who have uh, are seasoned in franchising from dis different disciplines and can act as true advisors to the franchisor. On the franchisee franchisor side, we're talking about franchisee advisory councils or franchisee advisory boards. And that's usually composed of different members of the franchise community or the franchise system. We'll get into the discussion later about how we do this. But the key thing is that that's a, 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 an entity or a, a creature that is there to service and listen to and have good relations with the franchisees. And there may be a representative or two from the franchisor right. on that entity. And then the last one, which we're not going to talk about, but which has always gets a lot of prominence in the news, there are franchisee associations, and these are associations formed by franchisees for either a single purpose or for a collective purpose. And they are often creatures of dissatisfied franchisees who feel they're not getting the relationship uh, that they want or getting the franchise or to pay attention to them. And it's often a precursor to a, a big lawsuit. So I hope that helps to clarify yeah, you know what it does, and I and I, I think you know, really, if I can just sum that up quickly, where for the purposes of today's discussion, we're really going to talk more about FACs or the you know the the group that you know involves franchise you know franchisees from your system, as well as maybe a couple of members of the franchisor as more of a liaison and a communication tactic. We're going to touch a little bit on franchise advisory boards, helping young and emerging franchise brands you know establish a network of professionals that can help them help them grow their grow their systems really with the whole point of avoiding those franchisee associations I think is is, is what the the ultimate goal is so let's let's jump right into um, FACs or franchise advisory councils right now and 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 Brian and Patrick I'm gonna I'm gonna come to you first but Brian maybe just talk to me you guys have a very successful franchise advisory council maybe just talk to me about the importance of a strong franchise advisory council and what the components are of that. Sure, no, happy to. And, and you're right. I mean, for us, it's a, it's a real integral part of our system. And I think that, you know, what I often say when I'm talking to the franchisors, if, if you believe as a franchisor that there's a lot that you can learn from your franchisees, then having an effective franchise uh, franchisee advisory council is a, it's a wonderful opportunity to be able to harness that, that strength. And that's really what we try to do you know, with, uh, within our system. So we have something that we call our Choice Canada Franchise Advisory Board. That's what we call it. But for the purposes of our discussion today, it is, it is that type of an advisory council. It's not a, a council that has uh, you know, specific decision-making authority on, on anything, but that uh, doesn't in any way take away from the critical uh, responsibility value that it provides to to our system. So the way it works within our system is it's a it's a group of between ten and fifteen 
uh, franchisee members. Uh, these are all uh, either other principals of our franchisee entities or in some cases, general managers of our of our hotels. And we have participation, not membership, but participation by our key management at uh, at our CCFAB uh, meetings. And, and I'm, I'm at every meeting, our CFOs at every meeting, our heads of our uh, you know our franchise services department, our commercial departments are, are all there. We we view it as I said as a, as a great opportunity to be able to get that engagement and that. Uh, advice, you know, from our, uh, you know, from our franchisees, and I could, I could talk in a lot of detail about that, and if we have some time, maybe talk about our experience specifically as it relates to the pandemic, because there was never a time in the history of our company where this was more valuable for us than over the last couple of years, where you know we were all dealing with, uh, you know, charting these unprecedented waters, and uh, uh, without our franchise advisory board, it just would have been so much more difficult for us. So I'm extraordinarily grateful to uh, to the members of our advisory board for the guidance that they give us on an ongoing basis. You know what, that's an excellent point in the sense that, I mean, we just went through, you know, probably one of the worst crises from a business perspective that, that you know, any of us have in our, in our lifetime. But that doesn't mean there's not going to be low points or more crises coming up, you know, and, and so having an effective franchisee associate, or sorry, a franchise advisory council um, formed, you know, really helps. It's just another element of support for, for franchise partners. Now, Patrick, I'm going to come to you. I'm just going to set Frank up for a question that's going to come after. Uh, you know, um, we're going to, Frank, I'm going to get Patrick to just talk about, you know, some successful examples and some, and, and maybe some unsuccessful examples of, of how franchise advisory councils are run. And then obviously the next question that's going to come to you, Frank, is going to be around, you know, okay, great. You've talked about what they are. Now, how do we form them? But first, Patrick. Like you, in your experience, you've you, you've been a part of and seen some effective franchise advisory councils and some not so effective. Why don't you talk about the elements of, of each? Absolutely. I mean, a, a lot of it comes down to setting the groundwork of, of what the FAC is and what it isn't. Um, you know, Brian, you mentioned a little bit earlier that it's, it's not it's not a decision making board. When you have an FAC and, and, and I'll just speak to some you know, generalities here, but what is it not? It's, it's not a decision-making board. Um, we're not expecting this group to necessarily solve all the problems. Um, this, this is not a, a group that votes or approves necessarily anything. And you, we have to set that groundwork that you're not joining this board to solve your location's problems. Now, what, what is it? What is it? You, you set the guidelines that it's a sounding board for the, the franchisor. Here's where the franchisor and the franchisee can bounce ideas off each other. It's for sharing ideas from a, from a system perspective and provide feedback, opinions, suggestions, um, looking for help in leading new initiatives. And, and something you have to keep in mind, it's designed for the best interest of the brand. And so really making sure every system is going to have its own guidelines, but really making sure that these guidelines are, are, are laid out ahead of time. Um, we see this a lot with emerging brands that sometimes franchise partners are excited to join this because they, they, they feel, well, I'm going to get in here and I'm going to change everything. You know, I'm going to have a say. <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm on strata now. So, you know, really establishing those guidelines early is, is, is really, really important. And, you know, your question, when do they work well and when do they have challenges? Well, they work well when the franchise system feels like feels 
that they have input, they have a say, they feel listened to. They're contributing. Right? They're, they're, contributing. they're contributing. They feel like they're able to contribute. When they don't work well is, is when you have, you know, this quarterly meeting or however often you have this meeting, you, you get all the franchise partners in and they're just sit there and presented to. They don't have any input. They don't feel they have any say. And now it's like, okay, now, now go back and talk to the rest of the system and tell them what we told you. Um, that's, that's not in, a, in an effective way to, to run. Right. Interesting. So I guess what I, what I heard out about that is, is, you know, you're, you're leveraging the whole point of an FAC is leveraging that village of knowledge that is your franchisee community and, and showing that, that you're listening. It, it's when, it's when you, um, when you're not taking that input or you're just trying to use the, the, the FAC as just a communication vehicle to push down new systems or, or something like that, where, where it can fall apart. That's, that's a really good point. Frank, I mean, we, we've we've now you know talked about what an FAC is and talked a little bit about Brian and 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 Patrick's uh, experience there. But obviously, there's there's many ways in which you know FACs are formed and how they operate. You know why and why and, and why they might be a great asset to the franchisor. But all you know, why don't we talk about just really sort of the guidelines or your what you've seen best practices on 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 how you actually form an, an effective FAC? Sure. Um, just as an intro to answering that question, I want to remind everybody, uh, we're all members of the CFA and we're all very uh, positive and supportive of the CFA and have been for many years. As members of the CFA, our respective companies and all the members of the CFA are bound to observe the CFA Code of Ethics. And I'm just going to read you one sentence from paragraph 10 of the CFA Code of Ethics. A franchisor should encourage open dialogue with franchisees through franchise advisory councils or other communication mechanisms. We don't need to go any further. Those are simple words. The code of ethics is encourage open dialogue with franchisees through franchise advisory councils or other communication mechanisms. There's one word in there that's already been tossed around a bit, Travis, Communication, that's what this is about. It's about communicating openly and fairly with your franchisees. And there's one other quote I want to uh, read because this is a topic that is outside of just our own experience. This, was a, this is a quote from a, a person who wrote a, uh, an article called The Value of Establishing a Franchise Advisory Council. It was in Forbes magazine, or Forbes website in 2019. Ultimately, franchisees just want to be heard. Creating an established channel for communication or concerns or ideas or making sure franchisees are staying profitable are essential to a strong franchise or franchisee relationship. Franchise advisory councils can make all the difference in working towards that goal. I've never heard it expressed better than that. In keeping in mind the purposes for open communications and open dialogue and establishing positive relations, there are a couple of things that I have seen that go towards making sure that a franchise advisory council works for uh, works well for both sides. Number one, and Brian has already mentioned this. Number one, you have to have buy-in from the most senior management of the franchisor, and that means for the sake of 
communicating and being involved in the operations of an advisory council that senior management or a very senior person has to have the responsibility of seeing this kind of entity work and show by participation that there is franchise or buy-in. I was involved once with a very well-established, well-known franchisor that had a form of advisory council. And there was a permanent member of management whose job was to be the person liaison, liaising with the, the council and attending the meetings. The only problem was that that person reported to the CEO. Virtually anything that was brought up at a meeting that might've been a positive situation for franchisees could be vetoed by the CEO and did get vetoed. That's not the way to go. So the, the advisory councils have to be set up to have proper representation to the franchisee community. Now you could have a situation like Brian's where you have close to 350 franchisees, or you could have a startup or an emerging franchise or with 10 units. But either way, you've got to make sure that there's independent representation, maybe on a regional basis if you're a large franchise or or on a, a smaller basis, and that the people who are selected to be on the uh, advisory council are either in the early stages, maybe selected by the franchisor, but as the system grows larger, the regions should be given the right to elect their representatives. And there may, that may be that you're going to get some representatives who you think are troublemakers. You can't veto the voice of the voters. And in fact, I've seen situations where people labeled as troublemakers become great assets yeah. because they're troublemakers often because they're not heard. In terms of, you know, just a couple of things, uh, I think you want to have um, a selection process. You want mm -hmm. to have uh, bylaws or composition or how you're going to operate the advisory council. Uh, when are meetings going to be held? Every meeting should have be a proper meeting. They're not social gatherings. You may have a social gathering before or after, but you have to have agenda and you have to allocate time to the different topics and you have to seek input from your uh, franchisees before the meetings on what they would like to discuss. There'll be things that will be brought up on a regular basis as part of the agenda. Decision-making we've talked about. No, they don't make decisions. They may make a strong suggestion or recommendation that you have to take back and consider with management, but they don't have decision-making authority. And communications is another area where I think is really, really important that there are minutes of the meetings drawn up and that they are distributed to the members of the advisory board to take a look at. But ultimately, unless there are confidential matters that are discussed there that don't, uh, would not be appropriately raised with everybody, those minutes have to be circulated and every franchisee should know what is being discussed and what, what matters are, are moving forward. It sounds complicated, but if you think about trust, relationship, openness, and communications, it'll work well. The last thing, of course, there is an expense in having this, and the franchisor has to bear the expense of the travel cost for the franchisee delegates and, and uh, understand that uh, they are making some sacrifices from their own businesses and taking the time off to do this. 
Right. Right. And we're going to, I do want to, you know, when you said it, it, it sounds complicated. We are going to, um, you know, lean on Brian and Patrick here to demystify it a, a, a little bit and, and, uh, you know, maybe take the fear out of it for, for some people as far as, uh, you know, a, a, a lot of work, but I, I do want to, you know, I, I want to touch on something you said there, Frank is, I mean, you, you brought up relationships so many times. And I mean, I, I think we all have to understand that, um, the franchisee franchisor relationship is one of the most unique relationships in a business environment that that is out there. It's it's not a parent child relationship. It's not an employee employer relationship. It is a very interdependent relationship that only or, or when when functioning at, at maximum capacity, you know, magic happens. And our goal as franchisors. You know, and even and and I would put some of this on franchisees as well. Our goal is is to work incredibly hard on maintaining, you know, that that positive franchisee franchisor relationship. And again, FACs are a great way to do that. So on that note, Frank just touched on some logistics. Brian, I'm going to come to you in a second to talk about you know when you're a larger operation on how you elect your members. But but Patrick, going back to something that that Frank said, you know, for some of the emerging brands listening, you know, what would be the most sort of or in your experience the most effective way to kind of form that board, um, you know, when you know voting you know might might be challenging because you don't have a lot of money. yeah yeah. Well, to step back even further, for a lot of emerging brands. A common question I get is when when is it time when is it time to start forming uh, you know a franchise advisory council and although it's different for every brand I mean we've touched on it many times it's it's around communication and in the early days when you've got five ten even fifteen locations the communication is always very open usually the you know the founder the CEO you know the director of operations they're on speed dial everything's fine but as you start adding more and more partners, that's not scalable anymore. Right. And, you know, in my experience, once you're getting to that sort of 20 to 25 partner mark, the, the communication starts to become too thin. And, and we always want to keep that outlet. So that's typically around the time where, where I would suggest starting to, to think about putting, putting this council together. Sorry, yeah. let, me, let me just stop you there yeah. um, real quick. When, let's say, so when you are between say, you know, that, you know, like, let's just say when you're over 10 and, you know, and, and, or let's say 15 to 25, what would be an appropriate size of an FAC? Yeah, I, that's another good question. It's typically between three and five partners, depending on size. It, the other thing to think about is, is someone mentioned geography. You know, if, if you've got 20 locations that are spanning a very large geography, that may mean you may need more representation from different areas. If you're all in one province or one state, it may need a smaller council. So it does, it is very system dependent there, but you, you don't want to start too small. You, you don't want half of uh, your system on your franchise advisory council. It defeats the purpose. So once established now, you, you, your original question is, how do you start to select members? And in the early stages, this can be really tough. Um, we, we've talked about the relationship. If we go back to uh, Greg Nathan's six stages, the E factor, right? In the early stages, you don't want a whole bunch of people on the council other than the glee stage because they're not really seeing the full picture yet. And you don't want a whole bunch of people on the council that are down in, in the bottom in that, you know, me and, and, and fee stage because they're, they're not coming, again, they're, they're not coming in with an open mind. 
So, you know, some of the parameters that I look at in the early stages are who are the partners that have sort of gone, gone past that, that, that ditch. And they're in more of the, the, the C and the we stage. They, they realize that there's a benefit of working together. They may not be, you know, they, they, they could still be the troublemakers, Frank. That's, uh, you know, I'm not saying we get rid of the troublemakers, but we get the troublemakers that are realizing that they're, they're here for the bigger, bigger brand, the bigger system, not just their own agenda. Um, so we take a look at that and we also, we also take a look at who are the people that are open to listening? Who are the most coachable partners we have in the system? Again, people that are, that are, are willing to listen to the other perspectives and, and take that into consideration. Um, so that's what we're looking at in, and Brian, you said it earlier, the other key is having, having that key person in operations that could potentially even co-chair in the early days. So you'd want, I typically see a, a co-chair situation where you have, you know, one, one half from the franchise, uh, franchisee system and one half from the franchisor in the operations. And, and those two together are really uh, put in charge of, of building out the agenda well in advance, getting it out to the rest of the FAC, get their input on the agenda. So it's very well thought out before we even come to the meeting. Right. Excellent. You know, and I, I do actually want to, I, I want to get back to the, you know, the, the troublemaker and the, and the, the coachability perspective and the objectivity, just because a franchisor may feel that someone in Frank's touched on this, but sometimes people, you know, franchisors feel a franchisee is a pain in the ass. And, and really what Frank said is they just want to be heard. They, they just want to be listening. And I, you know, I've sat on, you know, a, a franchise advisory council as a franchisee, you know, for in, in various periods of time, but probably combined for, for a dozen years. And I've seen troublemakers become to Frank's point, become the, some of the biggest advocates for the system, you know, for a couple of reasons. Number one is again, all of a sudden they feel heard and their attitude you know, does a complete 180. The other thing too is they develop that sense of objectivity and they are now able to see things through a couple of lenses, not just the franchisees lenses. They are, they're able to see it through the, the, the franchisors lenses as well. So, you know, on that note, you know, Patrick just talked about sort of you know emerging brands. Brian, going you know to to a larger a larger brand. How do, how do you guys you know elect your members and and what's the structure? This is a three parter. What's the structure of your meetings and and who sets the agenda? Sure. Yeah. No. Great. Great questions. So this is really interesting because it's uh, I mean clearly the whole whole conversation about uh, you call sort of the troublemakers. I I, I always love that because it's. Uh, if we we look on our CCFAB. Uh, I mean, first of all, it's done by election, so we're not uh, appointing people directly. But we look to get some of our most vocal critics uh, within our franchise community uh, to be on our board because they tend to be, you know, they're 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 vocal and they're going to speak up in the meetings, and that's that's how we're going to have good productive meetings. Now, you know, what what we look for on our on our membership is to have really good franchisees in the sense that they're, they're doing a great job of running their businesses. So maybe they drive our team a little bit crazy from time to time, and maybe they're a little bit more vocal than we'd like on some days, but if they are doing a great job of running their business, then we know there's stuff that we can learn from them. So that, uh, that, you know, kind of informs our position on who we get into them. Just in terms of the structure uh, of our board, uh, we do have formal bylaws for our, uh, for our board. Uh, we have between 10 and 15 members, all franchisee, uh, you know, principals or, or GMs of our hotels. We've got an election process, uh, two-year term for our members. 
they can, uh, you know, renew those terms. We can renew those terms, uh, uh, you know, based on agreement of our nominating committee, which is our franchisees, uh, you know, for an additional two-year period. And we have some executive roles on that. Members, they've got to be in good standing. There's no compensation uh, aside from expense reimbursement. Uh, and we ensure that they all sign a non-disclosure because we share a lot of very sensitive information with our franchise advisory board. Um, we talk, talked a little bit earlier about again, this whole theme of them not getting to make decisions and, and vote on things. And, and that is absolutely the case. It's our philosophy on it. But that is, as I said, in no way a negative and to take away from the, you know, the importance of their role. What I would say is it's actually the exact opposite. What, one of the things that I have seen where I've seen some franchise, franchisee advisory councils kind of go wrong is that they look at it as an opportunity to get the franchisees through their board or their council to kind of rubber stamp decisions yeah. that are made by or programs that are made by the franchisor. And, and it becomes something that almost can be uh, a negative from the standpoint of the rest of the system where they view, you know, they kind of say, well, you know, do we really want these people on this board uh, making decisions on our behalf? So we intentionally don't do it that way. And we're, you know, very intentional about that to say that, uh, you know, what we're looking for is great feedback that will help us make decisions. We think it is critically important that we make sure that the time that our franchisees are spending at our meetings and engaged in our, in our process, that it's valuable time for them, that they get something out of it. We don't want them coming, having a nice meal, showing up, listening to a bunch of presentations, nodding their heads and leaving and, uh, and, and not really getting out of anything out of it other than maybe to provide us little bits of, of, of feedback. Now, what I will say is that that actually used to be the way it was in our, in our franchise advisory council. It used to be like that. And, and we really turned it upside down. And we did that. This probably goes back seven or eight years ago where we recognized that we weren't getting the value out of it, that, it, that everybody was kind of going through the motions and we were doing exactly falling into that trap that, you know, we didn't want to fall into where we were just having people show up for meetings, we're presenting to them, maybe getting bits and pieces of feedback, but not really getting the value for us or for them out of the time. And we, uh, we, put, we ended up doing a two or three day strategy session with our franchise advisory board where we just turned everything upside down. And out of that, came this whole new structure for our, for our board. Again, we call it a board, not a council, that has been just tremendously valuable for us. And you know, where we have within our Franchise Advisory Council uh, subgroups that work on very specific initiatives that our franchisees think are really important. So you know, right now, for example, we have a working group working on issues relating to labor and all of the challenges around labor. We've got another subgroup of, of some of our members working uh, on issues, you know, relating to training and providing good education to uh, to the, the frontline staff that we have across the country. And it's, it's really helped to make sure that we and they and our franchise community get great value out of it. And just to um, go back to, to your other point about it, in terms of the the management of it. What we find is that even though the franchise, even though the council is something that is an entity of our franchisees, we have to be ready to step up and provide the administrative support to that, or it just won't work right. I think that, uh, you know, that, that, you know, so the way we've got it set up is one of our sort of senior team is 
uh, is appointed as the direct liaison on behalf of head office to the Franchise Advisory Council, just to provide the guidance and the support that we need to make sure that we have I mean, great agendas that are coming out, that, that the agendas are covering what the franchisees want to talk about, what we need to talk about, uh, and that we're not putting too much of an administrative burden on them, you know, so that when they come to the meetings, they have to come prepared. We give them you know, information and, uh, and information packages in advance of the meetings, but when they come, they are ready to have a, a good, uh, engaged uh, debate discussion. You know what, that's a, that's a really ex excellent point. And I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm very glad you brought that up. I mean, you don't want, you want your franchisees to be running and growing their businesses. You don't want to saddle them with a bunch of administrative uh, work that, that goes along with the, the actual Franchise Advisory Council. And, you know, guys, we're, we're running out of time here. And it's, it's, it's teaching me that we could probably do another session on, on Franchise Advisory Boards, as well as, you know, a Franchise Advisory Council. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm picking and choosing carefully here, Frank, of what I, you know, what I wanted to ask you, you know, and I, and I think we're gonna, we're gonna skip the, you know, skip the discussion on a Franchise Advisory Board right now and stick to the the relationship building piece of, of, of franchise advisory councils and, and why it's so important. Why can you talk to us a little bit about what can go wrong if you're not effectively communicating with your franchisees, if you don't run a, you know, you don't have an effective franchise advisory council. Can you share some examples of, of where that can go south? Well, again, it gets to communications and when, in business, if there's a failure to communicate, then rumors start. And rumors start in franchising all the time. Let's not kid ourselves. The franchisees are in their system because they want to make a living and enjoy what they're doing. And if there's something going wrong and the franchisor is not prepared to address it at a council or in another way, then problems can emerge. You know, some of the typical things that franchisees want to speak to uh, in most systems is marketing and advertising. They pay into funds. They're paying for that. The franchisor implements it and they want to have some say. You know, often every franchisee thinks he or she has got a PhD in marketing, but that's not the point. The point is they're out there seeing the results of how their money is being spent. So it's really important that these types of issues get out in front. I saw one situation in a, in a QSR franchise system where one of the senior franchisees who had been in there very early had a brilliant idea on a menu change, brought it up to the attention of the franchisor and the franchisor said, we don't care what you have to say about the menu. We're the food specialists. Not a smart thing when a guy is out there and has proven through his own results of how a menu change can uh, be a financial benefit to everybody. That's the kind of thing you want the franchisees to bring forward and to discuss on your advertising council. Uh, and Travis, just before we, uh, we do run out of time, I appreciate this is a topic that we're all uh, experienced in and we love to talk about. I just wanna raise a new idea uh, mm -hmm. that I had read about recently. A lot of, not a lot, but some franchise systems have established an ombudsman program for their mm -hmm. own systems where the ombudsperson is independent and goes back and forth to try to deal with issues that might arise. 
Out of that ombuds program, there are a couple of franchisors that have established advisory councils that have thought that it may be of benefit to have an independent person be participating in the advisory council system and meetings, an independent trusted person who can give some, it's almost like strategic planning, who can see that there may be an issue that is not getting the right attention or that should get more attention or that there's a personality problem developing and to give guidance to the council by being at those meetings and uh, giving a level of independence and uh, judgment uh, to the operation. Something uh, that I've heard, I've read about some of the bigger systems in the US are, are doing that now, just so that the franchisees don't feel that they're going to get the we, they type of uh, attitude that sometimes develops. Right, that, that, that actually, that's a, that's a really, uh, that is a very interesting idea. I, I, I do like that. And, you know, I, I think we're going to wrap it up here, guys, on, you know, on just what you, you know, said last there, Frank, is, you know, the, the we, they, or the us, them relationship at, at all costs. And everybody plays a part, franchisee, franchisor, you know, the employees at corporate, like everyone plays a part in making sure the relationship does not break down into the us versus them. And if FACs and the formation of an effective FAC or Franchise Advisory Council is, is a, a great way to do it. And I would, I would encourage anyone listening to this and, you know, particularly Canadian Franchise Association members is, you know, reach out to Frank, reach out to Brian and, and, and Patrick. They all have some, you know, some great advice you know, on, on how to form these councils, but, but gang, wow. I, again, what, a, what an experienced group, you know, I, I, we could probably even talk about FACs for another hour. Um, we're going to have to do another one on franchise advisory boards, but thank you guys so much for, for your time and, and, and sharing your, your insights and, and your knowledge. And thanks to the CFA for making this available to everybody. Okay. Thank you to the CFA. Thanks for listening. For more franchising resources, including how-to articles, expert advice, franchisee success stories, and franchise opportunities, visit FranchiseCanada.online. Don't forget to subscribe to Franchise Canada e-news while you're there. You can also learn more about franchising at cfa.ca and connect with specific franchise opportunities at lookforafranchise.ca.